We are gathered here today to pay tribute and remember the 2016 Buffalo Bills. Not only for what they are not, but what they are as well. Naturally, this is a very sad occasion. The Buffalo Bills playoff chances are no longer part of our lives. There is always hope that next year will be the year. 17 years. 17 years is a long time. If the end of a season must come, then as do our hope and optimism for the next season, year 18. This is also a time of reflection, maybe a touchdown pass from Tyrod Taylor to Sammy Watkins, or a pick six by Stephon Gilmore. These are your memories, and they live on through you. Fred Young in the movie Blow said, Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust, and when you're up, it's never as good as it seems, and when you're down, you never think you'll be back up, but life goes on. I like the notion of life going on, because after 17 years, it has. 17 times. Good evening, hashtag Bills Mafia. Players, administrators, Pinto Ron, and Bills Elvis. It's with regret and sadness that I'm here today to offer words of comfort at a time of deep loss and mourning for all of you. The story of the 2016 Buffalo Bills can best be summed up by their triumphs against Arizona at home and at New England sans Tom Brady. But unfortunately, the end came swiftly against Oakland and your tragic ending to Miami. Who better to speak upon the Buffalo Bills than their fans? And that's why we have some heartfelt memories of a season lost but never forgotten. At Lindy Ruff's tie, Kickstarter to buy Rex's pickup and send it over Niagara Falls. At Eric Buffalo, Tom Coughlin would maybe be the worst idea. Mediocre for his whole career and old. Why the obsession with fossils? At Stunner81, why do I feel like the Bills are going to draft Chad Kelly? At Billsbacker77, Tyrod doesn't throw many interceptions because he doesn't throw the ball near anyone. At Scott Young. Second and 12 and we pitched to Reggie Bush? This team is a fucking nightmare. Clean house. At Maddie Wren. I brought my girls to three Sabres games and three Bills games. Oh, and six. At MSZWNY. Never should have removed the lap band. At Dan underscore Niles. At Buffalo Bills can't even wrap up on Christmas. At M. Roy XX. I'm glad the Bills don't play on Christmas. It's got to be a sin to rip your dick off on Christmas. At Scuba Jane 15. Whoever called that Bush play needs a hot coal up their ass. At Scott Young. I'll give it up for Rex, though. He wanted it, and it showed. Hope him and Rob get at least one more stop at Duff's before packing the U-Haul. At Case of Water 24. Dan Carpenter, NFL, fuck you. Two missed field goals, and you get paid money to kick? How? Hope your wife castrates your balls, fucking loser. At Kyle Doby, if someone wants to change the game, you need to do a selfie cam when you jump through the next table. Hashtag, go Bills. At Joe Biscalia, hashtag Bills head coach Rex Ryan said every coach would decide to put in that situation. At Dan Cartwright responded with a picture of Bill Lumberg from the movie The Office, saying, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. At Nick Veronica, we have a lost challenge, a wasted timeout, a delay of game penalty, and missed field goal so far in the first quarter. Working on a hashtag Bills bingo. At the Clem Report, I think there's a 50-50 chance that Rob Ryan just stays in Buffalo becomes a member of Hashtag Bills Mafia and breaks tables every Sunday. At I'm Drunk Rex. Yeah, who's the fuckhole at at ESPN that scheduled four falls of Buffalo on Christmas morning, the day after we were eliminated from the playoffs? At Not Sports Center. Breaking. The Bills have fired Rex Ryan, Rob Ryan, all other employees named Ryan, all players named Ryan, and any fans named Ryan. At Joe Biscuglia, 
The correct answer is never Reggie Bush. Hashtag Bills. At Rap Sheet. Hashtag Bills have a decision to make on, on QB Tyrod Taylor, but also on EJ Manuel. I'm told this will function as a tryout for Manuel in 2017. At Tim the Commish responds, At Rap Sheet. London wants this tryout, and he couldn't beat the Jags. This stupid franchise. At I'm Drunk Rex. Trump couldn't buy the Buffalo Bills, so he settled for the second best thing. President of the United States. Yeezus Shuttlesworth at Got Rings, bruh. At Rap Sheet, the Bills are a flat circle of garbage. At Nick underscore Mungilo, putting quote-unquote Bills fan on my resume from now on. So people know I don't ever give up, and I'm good at dealing with failure. In closing, do not ask for whom the bell tolls. This season... It tolls for your Buffalo Bills. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. I am joined by Tony DeNicola. Tony, what's going on, buddy? What is up, my man? I uh, can't tell. I'm a little bit under the weather. Got the sore throat, but powering through. How's it going? It's going great. I am, uh, I hope that sound did not come through on the show. I am talking to you on my new Snowball Ice Blue Microphone. I got a mic cover to block out any additional sounds. Probably didn't work for that sound my computer just made. And I got a spiffy new set of studio headphones. Tony, you have the same set coming in. So uh, this show is hopefully going to sound way, way more professional. I don't know if you and I are going to be more professional with this new stuff, but um, I noticed my voice is I have is no getting... idea what professional even is. So, that's yeah, snowball shot in hell of that happening. And speaking of snowball, Bill Kegel has the fantastic snowball ice microphone and headphones which were suggested by our boy PJ. Got to give a shout out to my man PJ. PJ, you're an absolute genius. This was this whole setup was under I'll just say it was two figures. Very impressive for uh what what you get with this. So um yeah, hoping the sound quality is better. We're trying a new system. Uh things are looking up and uh and dear god, we can talk back and forth and there's no delay. There's no delay. This is I can hear you, you can hear me. There's no weird cutout. There's none. There's none. This is fantastic. So, all right, Tony, let's get right into it. First thing we're going to yes. talk about is we're going to talk about Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, and Tyler Lockett, all suffering very similar injuries. The other weird thing, weird aside here, all different timetables to return. How come the guy that runs the most does the most cutting and and probably, I mean, overall just takes more steps in general than Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr has the shortest recovery time? His loss will look like the worst. His leg would just hang by a thread. Their car will be ready for the Super Bowl, which I thought was a funny thing to announce. And uh, Marcus Mariota seems to have the longest time frame to come back, four to five months. All of them will be back by next year. But to you, what's the most significant injury of the three? I mean, it seems obvious, but what do you think? Oh, it's it's got to be Carr far and away. I mean, yeah, Lockett, that's a big loss for Seattle for an offense that's been struggling as is. But you to lose your quarterback, an MVP candidate, a guy who's powering that Oakland offense, I mean, that's got to be the biggest loss by far. The Mariota one hurts them, but that game against Jacksonville, they were already losing. They were pretty much out of the playoffs anyways. But, yeah, losing Carr is just so significant. And that guy, not only does he put up great numbers, MVP numbers, he's the heart and soul of that team. Those guys love playing for that guy. He's all heart, he's all tenacity, and he's a gunslinger. I just... I mean, McGloin coming in, I, God, I already questioned Oakland's chances with KC nipping on their heels and New England, and now, eh, I'm sorry, Raiders fans, but you had a great run, but I think this is the end of it. Yeah, it is for this season anyway. I definitely like the future of that team. 
Oh, but the, the future looks bright, absolutely. But I think the Marcus Mariota one might be the most. Um, I think I think long term, short term, I think you're definitely right. But I think long term, I think the Marcus Mariota one's going to be weird because I, I don't know how that changes his game. You know, I don't know. Like like ever since RG three messed up his knee, he's never been the same quarterback. And maybe that's just the coincidence with the league figuring him out. But Mariota. I don't know. I, I just wondered how that changes how he approaches the game. Because um, he is a runner, a uh, very good runner at that. But does that, you know, take away that element of his game and it makes him just a thrower, which he's which he's good at. But I don't know if he can succeed in that offense with how it's run now. Um, with him, you know, not, maybe being a little little more tepid than before when it comes to uh, when it comes to running. Yeah, well, if anything, too, I mean, his weakness could become his strength. If it takes away some of his mobility, this might force him more to throw in the pocket, maybe learn his coverages a little better, learn his reads. It might make him a better pocket passer, which we've seen in the league that can improve his longevity. I mean, in the end, it could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, possibly. Um, uh, I'm not sure who the example of that who the example of that would be because a lot of the running quarterbacks we've seen before. Um, and not that Mariota's, you know, a, a run first quarterback, but I mean, if we're going off of, uh, you know, you know, Donovan McNabb, maybe is a good example of that. I mean, he's sort of no injury, but he just chose at a certain point, not to run. And uh, it, it ultimately made him a better thrower. Um, but it's not something that really worked out for Michael Vick or, uh, or, or Dante Culpepper or really any of those guys. But uh, it'd be interesting to see. Marcus Mariota has significantly better arm talent than the rest of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I think you're 100% spot on with Derek Carr. I think that he is 100% the one guy that no team in the in, in the AFC specifically could lose. I thought he was the most important player to his team, and I mean for him to go down, uh, they can probably steal a game if they play Houston, um, because it's Tom Savage versus Matt McGloin, which is definitely going to be that first game on Saturday that nobody watches in the playoffs, which Houston and or Cincinnati have been penciled into the last handful of years. Well, you say the first game on Saturday, so you're predicting Oakland loses and Casey wins on Sunday then, I take it. 100%. Yeah, I think Casey uh, yeah, shoots I, up I'm the number two. I'm predicting the same as well. Yeah, so... Um, Casey looks so good, too, against Denver. I mean, that's a team that's that's on fire, and their defense is playing great, offense is clicking. I mean, it's... I'm sorry, Raiders fans. I hate to just crap on you at the beginning of this podcast, but I just I don't see it, man. No, I don't see it either. I think, um, yeah, I, I really think that was Oakland's. I, uh, man, I think Oakland's window is just shut, and it's about painted shut. But luckily for them, they have 12 wins already. So you know, and we sort of already know what Matt McGloin is, and I, I don't even I don't even know what's going. On. I've not heard one that's, word about Connor Cook since he left Michigan State. To be honest with you, yeah, and that's such a tough loss because I I can't remember a time ever that a team with double digit wins going into the playoffs loses their starting quarterback this late in the season. Like they, they it, uh, it's such a blow to them. It's I feel so bad for Raiders fans. This is the the year of rejuvenation. I was looking forward to a possible tuck rule rematch game in the AFC title game of the Patriots. Oh, it's not happening. I mean, we're getting basically a rematch no. of the uh, divisional round last year um, with uh, with New England, uh, Kansas City. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think I'm one of the few people that's out on Pittsburgh. They do almost nothing for me. Um, you know, I, I, I bet Ben's been playing sloppy. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, I, I, I would argue, is probably the MVP of the league. And uh, Antonio Brown is, you know, is very good, but he's as good as Big Ben. And um, I don't know how effective he I, – I, I don't know if he's going to, I should say, meet his level of expectations. I mean, he's obviously going to play well because he's Antonio at Big Brown, but um, is he going to be that, you know, transcendent best receiver in the league uh, with Big Ben? who I think's hurt. Um, do you agree with me there? Because he didn't look good in the Baltimore game, really. They're two weird interceptions for him. Well, Big Ben, I, I don't think there's ever a time that he's not hurt, honestly. I mean, the guy just plays through pain. It's Every year he misses a game or two and just seems to manage through it. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past at all that he's hurt, but he's a gamer. He's going to get through it. And, um, yeah, you got to give love to Antonio Brown, though. I mean, basically almost single-handedly won that game at Baltimore to get hit on the one-yard line and have the presence of mind and just to know where he is in the field to reach out for the goal line like that with nine seconds left because there's no chance that they run up and spike that ball and kick a field goal to tie it. Like, that was that was an all-or-nothing play. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, 
Yeah. Amazing game. Yeah, too. amazing game. All those games, I'm so happy that rivalry's back. I'm so happy both teams are good. That was yeah. a very entertaining second half. First half was kind of boring, but it ended up being like a great second half. So uh, really excited about that. And I was really excited about the KC and Denver game because I thought that game would be close. And uh, Tyreek Hill had uh, other had other plans for us on that game. So um, the good thing it was, yeah, it was K- go ahead. KC all of a sudden just has too many weapons. Like they're with Hill – with Macklin, Alex Smith's playing well. I mean, God, you got their defensive tackle throwing a touchdown at 336 pounds, the heaviest guy in the history of the league to do so. Like, they just – they were too much for Denver. Denver just doesn't have an offense. It's sad. You know what was weird is why would they play that – why would they Why would they show a hand on that? I mean, that's a play. That's a game in the playoffs that could, that could probably win them a game, especially against New England. So why would they show that they do that in a meaningless game that, that with three minutes left? I thought that was a weird play call by Andy Reid. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I, I, I don't think they're going to trust a defensive tackle in a high-pressure situation like that against Belichick to run that play. I mean, yeah, you could have saved it for later on, but I, I don't think you try that with New England. I think the second he comes in, they're going to know something's up, and Belichick will game plan for that. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, Because I believe he's caught a touchdown before as well, too. He's, not, he's now thrown one and caught one. I do believe that's true with Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe, if a lot of people don't remember, coming out of Memphis uh, in college, he he lit up the combine for a big guy. I mean, what he did was really impressive. So 346 pounds. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, and he's an insane athlete too with that weight. Um, yeah. So I feel big men in the NFL don't get enough love for the the size they are to do the things that they do. How agile they are! It's incredible. No, I look had at a, him, look at uh, Indomitian Sue, look at Haloti Nada, look at um, Tyrone Smith, the left tackle for the Cowboys. Like, the, the way these guys move and how quick they are for their size is just insane. I can give you the best example for that, and that's Lane, Lane I almost said Lane Bryant, <laughs> Lane Johnson for the Philadelphia Eagles, the left tackle, or yeah. um, Taron Armstead, the left tackle for the uh, Saints. Go look at their 40 times. You don't. You didn't play football on any with with anybody in high school. Not you specifically, because you went to high school with uh with um uh Murray from the Raiders. But um most people didn't go to high school with an athlete that ran as fast as those two did in the combine. I want to say there were four seven forty yard dashes, and um, that's insane. That's insane for move that much mass that fast. Yeah, these are three hundred pounders we're talking about. I I go to the Cato Rec Center out here. I'm I'm two hundred forty pounds. I'm in pretty decent shape. I go to swim in the pool, and I'm getting laughed by 70-year-old men constantly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, that's nuts. And also, quick caveat, Tony is uh, under the weather, so that's why yes. it sounds like um, you know doing the show with Ja Rule today, so I apologize for Tony's voice. Um, Tony also is not handling sickness very well, so... Um, no. Everyone's... No, people around me can tell you I am a, just a miserable twaffle when I'm sick. It's unfortunate. It's not the better part of my personality. <laughs> Uh, I just learned a new term, twaffle. That that, was, that's uh, not a curse. That's not a curse. No, we. You know what? We made a rule to really only curse when we're when we're quoting somebody. So I think that that's a fair rule. And um, with how we're doing the show now, you'll know in advance if it's rated R and if we're going to read some uh, some uh, you know some tweets or whatever. Um, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't read anything tonight. No, I'm just of, saying for future a reference. A couple of hooligans broke into our studio and just went AWOL and just decided to do whatever they wanted. I was saying for future reference, like now that we're doing the show this way, for future reference, you'll know when the show is rated R. So just to bring the show back real quick, you are listening to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. That's Tony DiNicola. You can find us on Twitter at Tony, at Tony Q's 44 at B or excuse me, Bill K Eagle. And it's hard. (laughs) Very difficult for me to say it. Um, and uh, at Under the Hoodies, all on Twitter. And be sure to uh, find us at BackSportsPage.com. Follow them on Twitter, at BackSportsPage. And um, also, make sure you download us on iTunes. You can also listen yes. through Blog Talk Radio. You can also look at, listen through BackSportsPage.com. We're going to work on getting on more platforms, um, and hopefully we would have our, at some point, would have our own uh, Under the Hoodies banner on uh, iTunes. But, uh, 
it's just kind of we're kind of lucky to even be on iTunes, so maybe I shouldn't be so ambitious, but uh, that's what we're aiming for. And um, hey, shoot for the stars, buddy. Let's hey, go. Yeah, let's shoot for the stars. I'm uh, I'm I'm on board with that. So um, at Max Sports, to quote a uh, favorite uh, radio guy of mine from the Syracuse area, this is the fastest hunk of junk in the universe. So let's do it up. Understood. Um, so yeah, make sure you find us at um, uh, find us on iTunes under the Back Sports page channel banner. And um, just uh, just just click on uh, under the hoodies, and that's where you uh, that's where you can listen to us. So we're gonna jump into the NFC because the AFC is pretty much sort of set in stone. We're gonna talk more about the playoffs next week. We're gonna make our predictions. Um, NFC is a little bit murkier. The the Cowboys are locked into the one seed. Um, My boys. Yeah, I don't think Atlanta can Atlanta drop from the two seed. It doesn't look like that because Seattle. Yeah, the Giants can't jump out of the two seed, so Atlanta's locked into the two seed. Seattle, I think, is moving from the three seed, and the Giants aren't moving from the five seed. Now, what- I believe Seattle can jump Atlanta. I don't see it happening, but I think there's a chance. I'd have to take a closer look. I might be wrong. Yeah, they would go 10-5-1, and that would give them oh. a better record than 10-6 uh, if Atlanta were to lose. So if Atlanta oh, loses, yeah. Seattle, Seattle wins, has that stupid they tie. jump. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. So for whatever reason, the tie helps them, which it shouldn't. Tie should just be considered a loss when doing these mathematical things because you didn't win. So... Anyway, do we ever talk about my solution for fixing ties in the NFL? No, as hokey and goofy as it sounds. No, do I wish they would do it the college way? I know why they don't, and they're not going to. But at the end of the fifteen minutes, if it's still a tie game, just do it like hockey. Just make it like a shootout with your field goal kickers. Make your kickers go out and hit like three fifty yarders, and just go from there. Just anything but a tie. I I can't do a tie. It's ridiculous. I don't hate this idea at all, I'll be honest with you. It's something. I mean, it's better than a tie. It may sound ridiculous, but at the end, a tie is terrible. Yeah, I don't hate this idea. So, basically, in the hunt left is Washington and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay needs um, a handful of miracles to get in, so we're not even going to... Washington tie, so two of those in one season. When's the last time that happened? (laughs) I have no recollection, to be honest with you. Um Washington, I want to say, gets in if they win and Detroit loses. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Washington to me will happen. Washington to me seems like the legitimate playoff team, and Detroit, as of late, does not. I mean, Detroit's pulled a lot of wins out of their butt, and um, they are. I mean, they were the two seed uh, two weeks ago. Now they're the six seed and possibly going to get bounced um, if they lose to Green Bay. Which it seems likely. I mean, Green Bay is just rolling. I mean, they had a little bit of trouble against the Bears, but five wins in a row. Five fire. Five wins in a row, and I'll tell you that out of those two teams, I want to see in there Detroit or Green Bay. I'd much rather see Green Bay. I think they're more fun. Um, but Green Bay's running the table, and they're they're giving Bills Mafia a run for when it comes to tables. <laughs> it's very true. But as a Giants fan, as a biased Giants fan. Not a football fan. I much prefer to have the Lions in the playoffs because I think the Giants have already shown that they can uh, beat them and beat them with relative ease. So, uh, but uh, let- I, I would be worried, honestly, yeah, for you as a Giants fan because we've seen it firsthand. Uh, the Giants are susceptible to uh, offenses, high-powered, deep-passing offenses. So you're looking at Atlanta, Washington, uh, Philly was able to do it. Um, definitely Green Bay. Like that's got to worry you a bit. I mean, I'm worried as a Dallas fan about Green Bay. They look, uh, Aaron Rodgers looks amazing right now. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I really wish we were playing Seattle in the first round. Um, if the Giants were to somehow, you know, say they play Washington, or excuse me, if they play, um, if they play Detroit in the first round, then they play Seattle in the second round. Some, uh, yeah, if they were to play Seattle in the second round somehow, which I don't think it, yeah, I think that would happen based on based on likely scenarios. Uh, I would feel really good. I mean, we'd be playing a team that we match up really well against. And, yes, I see we. And I'll always say we because I've spent enough money and enough time being a Giants fan where it doesn't matter. Tony, I think your Skype is frozen. And, yes, this is a little bit behind the curtain. But it just looks hilarious because it looks like you're doing one of those stupid mannequin challenges. And it's sort of bugging me. So uh, I'm clicking off of Skype. And uh, I will have it up so I can see if you pop back up in a second. But, all right. Anyway, so – so anyway, what do you, what do you I guess you see coming out of the Detroit Green Bay game? I don't I I, I got into a Giants vortex there, and I apologize to the listeners. What do you see um, in the Detroit Green Bay game happening? I mean, what's what's your likely outcome? Oh uh, God, I see I see the Lions just ripping the hearts out of their fans once again. 
unfortunately, Matt Stafford is five and forty-three versus teams that finish the season with winning records. He is just not. He's known to beat up on the bad teams and lose to the good ones. And right now, Green Bay's on fire. They've won five in a row. They look like the better team. Rodgers has just been killing it against Minnesota, which I don't know what happened in Minnesota. They had a top-flight defense, but Rodgers was twenty-eight of thirty-eight, three hundred forty-seven yards, four touchdowns. And don't look now, but he's got his mobility back. He had that great scramble for a touchdown. He's locked up with Adams. He's locked up with Jordy Nelson. I mean, they've combined for 24 touchdowns this year. That's the highest scoring wide receiver combo in the league. I I mean, what is there to say about Detroit that's positive right now? Uh, The offense has been struggling. They have no semblance of a run game. The defense is mediocre. I mean, it's basically Stafford or bust. And, you know, if – History proves that when it comes down to that, it's going to be bust for Stafford. It sucks because of the culture thing with the Lions. Um, I still blame Matt Millen, but uh, but yeah, it does sort of suck. But I I think there's a lot of positive things you can take out of Detroit, and you know what? It, it, it's definitely too early to write Detroit off. Um, yes, but uh, but you know we're going to talk about this. We're doing this show on Monday. Um, hopefully we hopefully we are able to put it up on Monday night. If not, Tony's going to put it up on Wednesday. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's too early to write off Detroit because anything could happen in that game. I do believe that game is in where is that? In game Detroit. Going? It is in Detroit. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um I don't know if that's an advantage or not, because Rogers plays well on turf, so I mean, you know what though? I, I this is why the game's not played on paper though. Every time all the pundits go one way, it always goes the opposite. So yeah. everybody's going to pick Green Bay. I mean, we saw it last week. Everybody, including both of us, picked the Giants against the Eagles. Look what happened. This seems to happen every time. So, you know, I don't have faith in Detroit. I'm hoping for a good, close game. I'm very excited. Uh, my boy PJ, last week I gave the shout-out. He sent back the warm invite to me. I'm going to watch it in the Green Bay Packers man cave. I can't wait to see this. There's nothing better than watching a high-stakes game and watching it through you know, the fans' eyes when you have no stake in the game. Like, my team's already locked in. I'm I'm comfortable. I can relax. I can just enjoy. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, don't look now, by the way, is going to be the MVP of the league, in my opinion. Um, How dare you, sir? I mean, who, who who's going to win it? I mean, who who's... But, Brady is the favorite right now in Vegas for some reason, but... Come on, it's Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan. I, I, you know, I like Zeke, I like Dak, but I mean, if we're really gonna pick it up, we're gonna, who are we gonna pick? The MVP of your of your team is the offensive line. You can't have five oh, guys absolutely. be the MVP. I can't argue that one bit. I mean, uh, yeah, and it's sad because they are the most valuable. And you know, I just don't as good as Rodgers has played in the last few weeks, and he's played amazing. If you're going on that, I go full body of work, and if I had to pick, I would go with Matt Ryan. Yeah, I don't just dis- overall season long. I mean, he's got the number one, number one offense in the NFL, highest scoring offense. I think they're the eighth highest scoring offense of all time. I think you got to give it to Matt Ryan. He's done it consistently all year long, especially yeah, with no, Jones out the last few weeks. No, I hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent agree with you. And he actually showed that he isn't totally one thousand percent dependent on Julio. It's um, you know, it's that offense. It's him that's making it go, not Julio. Um, so I thought that was really impressive. I mean, he's beating guys with, uh, with, uh, with Tyler, uh, Taylor Gabriel and, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on their other right receiver's name? Not even Muhammad Sadu, who's their number two, who they paid, uh, good money to come over from Cincinnati. But, uh, I mean, Devontae Freeman has been an absolute stud and I just, you know, and that defense, um, good, uh, at times it can play really good. They're coached really well. I just think they lack the, the the talent, I guess, to to compete. But I think that offense is going to score a lot of people, or outscore a lot of people. And the any game, I guess, not against Dallas is actually played Atlanta, which serves Atlanta really well. They control the atmosphere, which is fantastic yeah. for them. And even if they were to go to Dallas, also in a dome, can't really yep. beat it. So uh, yeah, I think- and Atlanta, Atlanta in a way too. Their uh, their offense, much like Dallas, helps out their defense. They score early and often, and when you do that, you take the other team out of their game plan. They may not run the ball as much as they want because they want to start trying to play catch-up. Next thing you know, those DNs are pinning their ears back, and they're rushing the other team's quarterback. No, 100% agreed, and um, Vic Beasley's just been an absolute monster this year. 
Um, I want to say he leads the league in sacks over uh, over the, the sack god himself, Von Miller. So that in and of itself is super impressive. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I think the team to beat outside of Dallas is, and I hate to say it, is either Green Bay or Atlanta. As a Giants fan, I really hate to say it, and I'm you know I hopefully I regret these words, but I'll come on this show if the Giants were to ha- uh, make it to the Super Bowl, or you know I'm writing Seattle off, and I'm writing you know whoever it is Detroit or Washington, I'm writing them off as well. If Green Bay gets in, Green Bay. Atlanta and Dallas are the three teams to beat. And I think, uh, I, I don't know. The, the only thing that worries me about Green Bay is I don't think their defense is very good either. But they do have the uh, ultimate, ultimate X actor, which is Aaron Rodgers. Not the best quarterback of all time, but I don't think you can find another quarterback in the history of the game that has played the position better. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for the NFC playoffs, too. So much more than the AFC. Just look at the level of quarterbacks you have. You have Dak, you have Matt Ryan, um, you have Eli Manning. You have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, compared to the AFC where it's Tom Brady, Roethlisberger, and then just a cavalcade of characters. So, yeah, it's it's very exciting. I, I can't wait for the playoffs to start. Um, so you want to hear the uh, the odds for, um, for MVP? Uh, Brady's probably – I would say, let me guess, top three is going to be Brady, Brady, Ryan, Rodgers. Nope. It is – Oops, did I lose it? I lost it. Hold on. It, oh, of course. <laughs> it's Elliot. Never fails. It's Elliot, Ryan, Rogers, Brady, Dak, Bell, Carr, wow. Wilson, Stafford. Wow. Yeah. So I'll take it. Take my boy Zeke. So Zeke, Mr. Kettlebell. Zeke is plus two seventy five. Um, Ryan is plus three hundred. Rogers is plus three hundred. Brady's plus four hundred. Dak is plus 1,000, Bell plus 2,500, Carr plus 3,300, Wilson plus 3,300. How those two have the same odds is beyond me. And Matt Stafford um, plus 5,000. Can you imagine? I mean, I know he was a top five pick, uh, Zeke I'm talking about, but can you imagine what the um, the odds were at the beginning of the year as a rookie being drafted to become MVP? If you put, you know, like 20 bucks down on that, how much you might have won? It'd be interesting. It would be really interesting. So, um Cause don't I mean correct me if I'm wrong. I think the only rookie to win MVP wasn't it Jim Brown. Uh, that was what in the '60s, '50s, '60s. I want to say I may be wrong, but I want to say it was Jim Brown. Yeah, I'm looking it up now for you. Um, let's see. Yep, it's Jim Brown. You're right. Jim Brown's the only oh, one. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive. It's good to know. Um, wow, look at look at me go. SU grad, by the way. Cuse is in the house. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, that being said, let's just make a couple predictions for this weekend. I'm gonna go through the schedule. We're gonna do a couple of the meaningful games here. We're not gonna do. We're not gonna yeah. talk about uh, Bills Jets or any of that bull jive. So, oh, but is that our worst game of the week? I mean, we can do that now, later. I mean, that's got to be our worst game. Of the I week. think we go ahead and bet on the best game. Um, uh, do you want to do that? Oh, Green Bay, Detroit. Yeah, but I think we both have Green Bay. I think that's the problem. Um, it depends on the line. Yeah, I'm looking at the line now. Give me two. I'd say line is lines by two. Lions minus two. See, I would guess lines by one with the three point home field swing, but I don't know. Um, we'll look at the lines here. We'll 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 do the lines here actually uh, for some of these games. So we'll do. Uh, it's Green Bay by three is actually the uh, the odds. Wow. Yeah. That's Disrespect. Yeah. So. Jeez. Bills Jets. Do you want that one? Bills three and a half. Yeah, I mean, who even cares at this point? I'm sorry. I mean, we already buried Bill's Mafia. Or, I'm sorry, somebody buried Bill's Mafia. I don't want the heat for that one. Yeah, no, it wasn't us. I don't know. Um, Yeah, some some yahoos. You know what we can do, actually? I've got an idea. Let's do best of five because, I don't know, you're looking at the schedule. The one o'clock games are terrible. The late afternoon games are amazing with all have playoff implications. So we'll do the four uh, 425 games and the Green Bay-Detroit game. Because at 425, you got Casey at San Diego. Casey can get that first round by. You got Oakland at Denver. You got your Giants at the Redskins. And you have the Saints at Atlanta, which will be a fun game to watch. That's the number one offense going up against number two in a dome. I don't, I don't, oh man. That game, the line for that is Atlanta 
minus six and a half. So, mm, I don't want to do best of five in all honesty. I really don't. I, I want to sort of stick with the theme of what we've been doing. But I think, um, so let's just go through here. Let's go through the games that matter and see what games we disagree on. You know what would be interesting okay. to do? Pittsburgh is not playing Roethlisberger, Bell, or Antonio Brown, and they're still six and a half point favorites over Cleveland. That's interesting. Mm, Cleveland's coming off the high of that first win. Pittsburgh has none of their starters in. Six and a half. Oof, man. That's a fun one. I don't want to take Cleveland, though, because they burned me twice. They have. I hate, I hate getting burned by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's terrible. Washington are seven-point favorites over the Giants. Because the Giants are uh, all but saying they're resting starters. Eli's going to start because they don't want to break his, uh, his consecutive game streak. Um, but he'll probably play oh. a quarter, if that. So he'll he'll hand off, you know, to Jennings and then just get out of there. Yeah, probably. Um, let's see here. What a what a puss. Sure. Um, <laughs> Damn. Not beating you tonight. No. Um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, oh man, Saints Atlanta. Let, let me check the line on that here real quick. Saints Atlanta is, I think I said already, six and a half Atlanta. Yep. Oh boy, I don't want to bet on that game because I think you and I are going to agree. So no, let's hear yours. Go for it. I might just take the opposite. Uh, Saints let's Atlanta. I mean, I, I I have the I have Atlanta. I have Atlanta winning by like fourteen. Oh, I'll take the Saints then. Oh, perfect. So I got Atlanta six yeah. and a half. Or do I want do do I do you want me to give you the the fourteen no, that I get? It. No, I get plus six and a half. Okay, perfect. Weapons. Perfect. Because Atlanta still has actually still has something to play for. I mean, they have to play for the two seed. Um, although who is Seattle playing is San Francisco. I mean, that's a win. Um, yeah. But if both win, I think Atlanta gets it because I think they have eleven wins. So Seahawks yep. are ten point favorites in that. That that line is too low. I think Seattle should uh, pop a squad of them. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, we saw what they did with Arizona last week. Sure. Sure, that's a good point. But um, um. So, uh, just to remind everybody again, you're listening to Under the Hoodies. I'm Bill Teagle. That's Tony Dicola. Follow us on at Under the Hoodies. You can find out where to find us on that. So, Tony, I'm going to switch topics here. I didn't warn you yes. about this, but oh, good. I was surprised. Yeah, it's good. This is good pod. So, I was listening to a podcast called The Big Brown Breakdown via Fighter and the Kid, and he was talking about Ronda Rousey. What do you think about that fight? By the way, are you? Are you ordering the fight this weekend? Because uh, I think I may. I'm, it's Friday night. I'm not. Um, I'm not, even though it's a good card and there's a lot, there's a couple fights I want to see. Like, I want to see the Cruz, uh, um, Cody, uh, Cody Gilbrandt fight. But, um, but I'm not because I am uh, going to be um, stapled to my seat on Sunday. So it's best that I uh, be a good husband and, uh, you know, do oh, stuff on... Uh, Dad of the year over here. Look at I you, know. little baby A. I'm telling Take you. care of baby A. Baby A is, uh, she She needs her dad. So uh, Johnny Hendrick and Neil Magny, I mean, that's in the prelim, so that'll be a fun one. Um, uh, have you ever, I mean, how, how heavy is baby A now? Have you ever thought about hooking up like a little kitty swing to that gap tooth of yours and just letting her fly from it? Very rude. She gave me that heavy. It's very rude. Um, yeah, it'll happen. Avery, we find out actually on Friday because she's going to the doctor. So I'll let you know. We'll report back on the show nice. next week. So, um, oh, we should we should place bets on your baby's weight. I said Gilbrant. I don't know why I said that. Cody Garbrandt, um, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, oh God, these are this is a good. Uh, we, that's not a bad idea, by the way, to place uh, bets on her weight. So there's there's a couple good fights. I mean, the prelims have Johnny Hendricks, Neil Magny, which uh, Johnny Hendricks, man. Talk about a fall from grace. And he was he was incredible there. He had a nice run. Um, fighting Robbie Lawler twice will end your run pretty quick, though. So that doesn't that doesn't help. And yeah, I think Neil Magny that will that. that will mess you up pretty quick. Yeah. Yes, it will. Um, that guy still isn't right after that Tyron Woodley uh, just knockout. That's so crazy to me that he's still still messed up. So anyway. Uh, so Brendan Shaw brought up a fantastic point about Ronda Rousey. So Ronda Rousey is supposed to be this trailblazer for women, women athletes, right? So she's supposed to be this, don't be and do nothing, bitch, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, she's supposed to empower women 
and she doesn't face the media after she's humiliated. Uh, yeah, she basically ran away and hid. Yeah, so I lost a lot of respect for her. Yeah, a lot of people did, and in her sort of message and her sort of um, her brand was kind of like put to shame because exactly she went into hiding, and then the next time you see her, you know she she eats an apple on like Instagram or something like five months after the fact. It, it, it's just one of those things that's kind of like. Brendan Schaub wasn't. I, I I know his message wasn't to be sexist because he doesn't come across as the guy that's sexist. Sexist no. because he gives a lot of credit to Misha Tate and he was telling Amanda Nunes' story on the show. And uh, I'm referencing the show a lot because this is a point I didn't really even think of because I actually after Ronda Rousey got her face kicked off, she just sort of uh, went away to me. I just I just didn't care because I just don't think she's that good of a person. Um, how she trolled Holly Holm before the uh, fight was just despicable and it's just just. Just not good. Just not not a good look for somebody who's supposed to be a trailblazer for women. Um, but uh, what did John Jones do after he tested positive for uh, for quote unquote performance enhancing drugs right before UFC two thousand? What did, or two thousand UFC two hundred? What did he do? I believe he came out in a press conference and denied it. Yep. What does every fighter do, with the exception of Ronda Rousey, after a loss or after they get embarrassed in the ring? Even Conor McGregor. After he got choked out by um, by uh, uh, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, elite. Yeah, they usually come out in public and they're humbled, or they talk about how they're you know they're going to fight back to the top and go back and retrain and refocus. Yeah, and um, why am I drawing a blank? Why am I getting into the Diaz brothers mixed up? Which one did he lose to? Nate, right? What the hell's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah, well, that's hard. Nate, Nick, I get it confused. <laughs> Dude, oh my I god, I can tell the difference when I look yeah. at them, but the name I screw up all the time. Yeah, it does. But anyway, after he got after he got choked out, that was the first thing he did. He was like, "Yo, he's a better fighter this night." Blah blah blah, and he came back and and he was better for it. And um, but every fighter but her, and now like like you know, McGregor didn't want to do all the media after uh, after. Um, Oh my god! I'm, I'm, I should have prepared for this, Tony. I just brought this well, up out of the blue. Yeah. I'm getting old. You surprised me, so I couldn't prep for it. No, it's all right. Uh, well, 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 so he did all that press. Yeah, McGregor did all that press for a fight that ended up not happening. Um, so he uh, said, "Hey, listen, I don't want to do the Vegas stuff. I did all this New York stuff. I don't want to do the Vegas stuff." And he got pulled off the UFC 200 card. Um, but now, Ryder Rousey's coming out and saying, I don't want to really do press either. I don't want to do press, and if I have to do press, I'm not going to fight. And Dana White's letting her get away with it. What do you make of that? I, I make it that the UFC only has two bona fide stars, and after this fight, I doubt Rousey will still be one. But, you know, they could basically rake him over the coals. I mean, we're going to see it soon with McGregor, how he just, you know, he's going to hold them ransom. Like, they have no true drawing power. It's great. I mean, for a fight purist, it's great to watch these fights. It's entertaining. But for the casual fan, you need that little extra. You need that um, that intangible. You need personality. You need to pull people in. They need a story. They need a reason. Why are these two people fighting? And, you know, so far McGregor and Rousey have been the two best at it. I mean, for Rousey more so because how dominant she is. And for McGregor, his dominance and his trash talking. But Rousey, I just... I mean, to take that much time off and just disappear. And then, you know, talking about, you know, suicide. I mean, it's a very serious thing. I don't want to make light of that in any way. But she, it just worries me that her head's not in it anymore. Like, to to just get waxed like that after being so dominant and to not want to come back immediately. Like, that would just, you know, for me personally, that would eat me alive. And, you know, I'm not a top flight athlete like these women. Like, I don't, it just bothers me, man. I when your head's not in the game, like I believe Shab said it before, like that's when you get hurt. That's when bad things happen to you. Like, and I don't think her head's in the game. I think this will probably be the last fight we see of hers. I think Nunez is just going to clean her clock. I think so too. I think especially if she's not, if she's not a hundred percent focused, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that if she is, and it can go in a second. We saw it with Misha Tate. You know, one second you're on top of the world, next fight you're retired. Like it, just, it hit her that quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's some people out there that think that she had one foot out the door anyway, but, uh, but you know what? She's earned it. You know, she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to do, she doesn't have to really entertain us because, you know, she's, she's, she's paid her time. She's done, she's done everything that she could do in that, in, in that arena. She's won a, she's been a world champion. And get out while you still have uh, whether you know your brain isn't filled with cobwebs. So 
hundred percent understood. Um, I just hope she comes in prepared because I, I I'd hate to see her just get completely floored by Nunez and not put up a good fight after you know years of being so dominant. Like it's one thing to lose, but like go out in a good way, you know. Like don't tarnish your image. Like I don't want to see her just get waxed and destroyed, and that's the end of Rousey. It's like you know, just puts a sour note at the end of your career. It's pretty sad. It, it, it's pretty sad that the end of her career is actually probably going to shape up with her getting knocked out. Because I mean, what is her level of commitment? You know. I mean, she she spent all this time. She spent all this time off. She spent time filming a movie. Why they're remaking Roadhouse is just a whole other podcast we can have. Oh god! I don't even want to think about it. Why? 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 I just don't understand. Oh, all right, hold on, hold on. I got. I'm mad. I'm glad you're going off on it because I was going to. So, what ahead. is the deal with Hollywood? Are they out of ideas? They're thank you. They're remake. Thank you. They're remaking. They remade Point Break. It was some ridiculous action movie with flying squirrel suits and 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 jumping out of plane. I didn't get it. They're remaking Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey. Why not just call it something else? Why not? Why call it exactly. Roadhouse? This is this is my argument with Ghostbusters. I'm not upset by women no, being the Ghostbusters, but to have pretty much what seems like the same plot and premise as the original. I'm sorry, you can't touch Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Like those guys are just Hall of Fame. They're untouchable. Anything you try to do is just a cheap second-rate knockoff. I, I just don't understand where the creative movies are. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand where the creative entertainment is. You know, I mean, you don't, you're not seeing the lack of creativity in TV shows. There's just so much out there. There's almost too yeah. much out there, I think. I watched, like, three episodes of Black Mirror. Black Mirror is an anthology series, and, and not one of the three episodes I've watched that I watched that uh, last weekend was – like the others the only through line is 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 maybe we're depending too much on technology which is the whole point of the the, the series anyway but i mean i have not seen a movie as good as any one of the three episodes of black mirror i watched over the weekend just not one and i, I just don't get it i just don't know why hollywood is just 1000 percent out of ideas that we need to remake Point Break. We need to remake Red Dawn. We need to make it. I'm, I'm starting to, I'm realizing I'm starting to list all Patrick Swayze movies. So maybe Hollywood is just recreating Patrick Swayze movies for some reason. So Ghost is probably coming out next, which if any of you have seen the movie Ghost and or Dirty Dancing, do yourself a favor and listen to Bill Burr's podcast from last Thursday. Oh my God. I have not laughed that hard in, in quite some time. And I think it was his best podcast. That's my entertainment pick of the week, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I could do a little research and start it, it, and sort of uh, mold this chunk of clay of a tangent I have. I am, uh, I'm going to save that for after the season. Actually, I think I am going to go on that tangent because it's ridiculous, absolutely absurd that Hollywood just keeps just rehashing old crap. It's it's so frustrating. And this sexist stuff about Ghostbusters drove me absolutely insane because Bridesmaids, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, great movie. One male in it, and that's John Hamm and the cop. Or I should say two males in it. John Hamm and that cop. The cop really didn't move the plot along that much. John Hamm had one, had one great line in that movie, uh, which I won't repeat here. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic movie that was all women. So it has nothing to do with women not being funny. It has everything to do with um, just, just Hollywood running out of ideas. I mean, we really didn't need to run Ghostbusters back. You know... Michael J. Fox made a movie called The Frighteners, which is very similar to Ghostbusters, um, but it had its own twist on it. It's a very entertaining movie, so I'd definitely check out the movie The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox from the mid-90s. I want to say it came out like 96. Really good movie. Sort of similar to the Ghostbusters, but... And you, you bring up my boy Michael J. Fox. I swear to God, Hollywood, if you try to remake Back to the Future, I will call up my boy Billy B, and we will hop in a DeLorean and drive it through your headquarters. Well, hopefully there's a backseat because I'm joining That's you. A, that would be just an absolute trash. It's blasphemous. That is a, Do not touch that movie. Back to the Future 1 is an absolute masterpiece. It's a perfect movie. It's the movie. perfect movie. You can't... Yes. Yes, and I have a difference between my favorite movies and a perfect movie. My favorite movies are movies that I enjoy. A perfect movie is a movie that cannot be altered, changed, remade. It is perfect. It does not need... Every scene yep. in there is perfect. It doesn't need less I scenes. don't need any stupid CGI with the DeLorean. I love the DeLorean as it is. It's perfect. Yes, and, and the thing about that movie is that no scene needs to be cut. No scenes need to be added. It was absolutely perfect. I love the ending where his hands start to disappear and then it comes back and it's just... That is an absolute perfect movie. It, it's it, it cannot be fixed. It can't be touched. It can't be remade. 
I 100% agree with you. Oh my god! I feel like Hollywood is inadvertently going to just create the birth of like a new line of serial killers of 80s and 90s kids like ourselves, where you just keep remaking and retouching our movies, and we just lose it one day, and we just start spreading lipstick all over our face and just start writing names on a list and just go crazy with an AK-47. You know what the good thing is, though? There's a lot of good young and -and up-and-coming directors that I think are finding ways to be creative. Um... There is a director uh, whose name is escaping right now, but he made two really good movies called Blue Ruin and Green Room. Very original movie, essentially started as a YouTube guy. There is the director of the movie Creed, um, whose name is also escaping me right now. Uh, Green Room, the director was Jeremy Solnier. Solnier. Sol- no, Solnier. Yeah, Jeremy oh, Solnier. Go. Uh, Solnier. Oh, God, now I screwed it up. <laughs> Solnier. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, so he made Blue Ruin as a uh, as a Kickstarter campaign, and he made it for very, very low, uh, very, very minimal budget. And that movie's better than anything you'll see that's a movie over a hundred million dollars, not directed by Christopher Nolan. It's it's a it's a it's a masterpiece. Um, same thing with the guy uh, that directed uh, he directed Creed. He also directed uh, Fruitvale Station. Guy's like twenty eight years old. Fantastic director. Um, fantastic movie maker. I mean, Fruitvale Station was an incredibly effective movie. Um, you know, and big shout out to that guy. Like I said, he's younger than me. Um, uh, younger than you, actually, because I forget you're 30 or whatever. Um, something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, there's just, there's room, there's room for creativity in Hollywood, and I just don't understand why they can't find it. Um, for those of you that can't guess, uh, Billy Boy here is quite the uh, movie aficionado. I know you all can't see him on Skype right now like I can, but uh, he's he's sporting a good two to three inches right now. I mean, he's sporting some serious Billy Wood. Yeah, and I'm trying not to yell because my wife and daughter are a couple rooms away, and I do not want to wake my daughter up. My wife, she wakes up, she'll just be angry at me. Uh, that I can live with, but staying up another two hours with the baby just does not seem – I shouldn't even say baby now. She's, like, walking and talking and stuff. Um, so she did, she did just bitch slap me in the living room too, uh, about 30 minutes before our mic's heated up here. She, she was trying to clap and was clapping like really close to my face and caught me with a nice slap in the side of the head, which, uh, which is actually good. It sort of jolted me in. Have you tried consoling her, uh, via nursing or are your nipples much too hairy, much like mine? They're too small. You'd be pleasantly surprised by the size of them. They're not very big. I don't think I've ever seen your nips. I'm quite curious now. Um, I'm not. Yeah, no. For uh, chest areola ratio, it's very, very good. Um, you know what sucks, though, is after about my 25th birthday, I started getting hair in my back. That's very concerning. I don't know what happened there. I turned into Teen Wolf uh, yeah, out of well, nowhere. I can't grow any on my... I'm talking about Teen Wolf. Look at me right now. Every time I take a dump, it looks like my turd's wearing a sweater. You're welcome. Good thing we have this new program where we can edit things out. And I uh, I left a pause break in there in order for you to edit out. So we're going to do another one. Oh, no. I edit nothing. You should edit that. That's not... We're not... No. Why do we, we're not that show, though, man. That's the thing. Why do we have to be that show? Um, I'm sorry. Because I'm that guy. <sighs> Very solid point. Your frustration is key. I love yes. It. No, but... um. Yeah, I think at some point, you know, if people want to hear it, we should uh, we should branch off and do our own um, own special episodes. You with movies and me with pro wrestling. That's not a bad call. That is really not a bad call. Actually, I might work it out with the uh, with the uh, the CEO and uh, try to figure out um, when there's days available. Maybe with the new system that we're running, not to keep alluding to it, using Audacity, by the way. Um, and great system so far yeah so far once we get the hang of it fully. yeah so far so good so maybe we can just record stuff and then put it up i can i can do a whole 30 minutes on uh on sports movies that i love like white men can't jump i love that movie it's one of my favorite sports movies of yep. all time uh and i could talk about wrestlemania 17 in 2001 where for some crazy reason vince mcmahon thought oh yeah let's turn stone cold steve austin heel in front of a houston texas crowd yeah that'll go over so the well texas rattlesnake yeah why would they do that um that would be bad. I would actually love to see the ratings on some of these because uh, I would actually love to do. I would. I would honestly love to do like a full on like audio report on uh, on some of my favorite sports movies. Um, now I have a question for you. Have you ever seen the movie Point Break? Uh, years ago. It's been far too long to remember most of it. Sure. Okay. I uh, I always question whether that's a sports movie or not. I mean, it's about surfers that brought banks. 
loosely. very loosely. So I guess we won't classify it as such. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, uh, man, I got to think of some other good ones. I love any given Sunday, um, varsity blues. They're all great. They're all great movies. Oh, varsity he got blues. game. Yeah. love me some. He got game. I love Ray. Uh, Ray Allen was, a, was great. That movie. So, White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump, I, I contest, is the best sports movie ever made. I know a lot of people disagree with that. They'll say Hoosiers, which is the most cliche thing I've ever heard in my life. That movie sucks. That movie is terrible. It's it's Yeah, it's more nostalgia. I hate nostalgia. You'll learn that. White Man Can't Jump is entertaining as hell, and I love Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson and, and, um, and uh, Wesley Snipes' is dynamic in that movie is great. You shoehorn in there a little Rosie Perez, and uh, you've got yourself yes. a... Uh, a fantastic movie. Stanley Kubrick's favorite movie, though, of all time is White Men Can't Jump, which is bizarre. Bizarre, considering that guy's movies. Um, so, so yeah, he loved The man can appreciate hustle. I guess so. Um, so, yeah, he was a big fan of Ain't No Thing on a String. Ain't No Thing, but a chicken wing on a string from Burger King or whatever. I'm, I, I am, uh, I'm getting punchy. It's almost 10 o'clock. It's about an hour and a half past my bedtime, so uh, the good... 10 o'clock on the East Coast for our international. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide over here. Um, So, hit me up on the Twitter. Just to let everybody know that we are recording on Monday afternoon because we are both off. That should be our best episode of all time with any luck. Um, And then we'll start having really good ones once somebody uh, decides to uh, sponsor us so we can quit our jobs. We can just do this for a living, and I think it would be a lot better of a show. You know, we'll have to. Hair, uh, the day of and uh, basically, you know, run around and maybe I could justify to my wife buying all this, all the um, sports packages, which would be great. I'd even get NHL Center Ice. I actually bought NHL 17 on uh, PlayStation 4 and I'm not a big video game guy, but I bought it just to learn hockey. So, yes. um, yeah, for those of you on Twitter hitting me up, when are we going to talk New York Rangers? Some of my friends, I'm trying my hardest to get Bill into hockey just so he's not completely just lost when we talk about it. So I'm I'm hoping maybe in a month or so we can talk a little NHL. And by the way, too, I mean, why not get into it now? The NHL playoffs are the most entertaining, awesome playoff series in all of sports. I mean, hands down, I don't think there's any match. So I think once the NHL playoffs start, I think we'll do a whole, a whole NHL playoffs podcast. Um, we'll do a preview. We'll also do one for the NBA. I've been behind on the NBA this year, too, man. I've been focusing way too much on the NFL, so. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, apparently my New York Knicks are doing somewhat decent. That's very, surprising. yeah, they are your New York Knicks because I'm done with them. I am done with that franchise. I, 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 I don't advocate doing this often, but I am done. Isaiah Thomas. I thought, you know, I thought that was the kill shot from Knicks fandom that I brought me back in, but then the Shokim Noah and Derek Rose, I, I can't stand either of them. I really cannot stand them. I, 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 Derrick Rose is just, I've never seen a more overrated superstar in the history of sports than Derrick Rose. I don't get it. I don't get it with him. We have to listen to him in the media talk. I was like, when he went to a bigger market than Chicago, I I was pretty pissed. Pretty pissed because Derrick Rose is not good anymore. He's not a good jump shooter. He doesn't shoot threes in a three ball league. He he can't he can't elevate like he used to. He doesn't pass. He's he ball hogs on a team with the best ball hog in the NBA right now with Carmelo Anthony. He's one rebound away from blowing out oh his knee. Oh my god, again. he's injury prone left and right. And you know what's funny is that he's a he's managed to stay healthy in a year where he's trying to get a big contract. Fancy that. Fancy yeah. that. <laughs> um Derek well, there go all our New York Knicks listeners. God. All 12 Good. of them. F you. I don't want you listening anyway. If you're stupid enough to like that <laughs> stupid team, F off. Fudge oh, you. Try to... I miss the days of John Starks and Larry Johnson, Hewing, Oakley, uh, Chris Childs. Those were my boys. That was my team. The 90s. Chris Childs should be everyone's favorite player for how hard he punched Kobe Bryant in the face. One of the greatest moments yeah. in uh, basketball history. Speaking of which, we are uh, working on getting, after the NFL season, getting Ian Eagle to come on this podcast. Um, I'm saying that now so with that, Shout out to as, as motivation to get that man to come on the show. So um, I'm going to keep pimping Ian Eagle on this show until we get him on. Uh, we had him on the old um, incarnation of this show. Um, and he was nothing short of an absolute delight. So we'll talk to him about New Jersey Nets basketball. Excuse me, Brooklyn Nets basketball. Well, well, whatever they were, they haven't been good since they've been to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I know. 
freaking Jay-Z. They talk about he was a part owner. That dude owned – that guy owned what my house is worth in the New Jersey Nets – or the, the Brooklyn Nets. You know Nets. what? At least they have a sweet arena, the Barclays Center, the new home of WWE SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver. Oh, yeah, I've never been there, nor do I ever plan on going to Brooklyn. So uh, they're I'll low. Take, yeah. If they move the ACC tournament there, we're going. Their freaking team name, they're named after a piece of equipment. What? Like, what? Pick pick a different <laughs> damn mascot, Nets. God, they... Your, they, your, your G-men are named after a mythological creature. the Titans. Doesn't matter. You guys are named after your racist freaking Americans that settled in the West, so I don't even want to hear it. Freaking Cowboys. Now that I, I figured you were gonna go broke back mountain on me, but overrated movie. The gay the gay undertones aside, I'm not really bothered by that by that if the art is really good, but that's the, a very overrated movie with a great performance. Great performance by Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. You know I give out throw I'll shoehorn yeah. uh I'll shoehorn Michelle Williams into that. She was fabulous. Loved me some Michelle Williams, uh Dawson's free. If I'm gonna watch two go- cowboys go at it in that way in a tent, I would just probably rather watch gay porn. That's all the movie really is. Wait, no, yeah, let's edit that one out. Um, well, you have full control of that until uh, until I uh, learn the system along with you. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. It's not worth it. Too much work. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, so anyway, the NBA. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm officially a bandwagon. Uh, wherever LeBron goes is where I go. If LeBron retires, I might just retire from liking the NBA. But uh, I'm gonna be a front runner with LeBron, with my man LeBron. Gonna, gonna hang your T-shirt up in the rafters in your kitchen. You know, it's a. I have a funny story actually. Is uh, this might be edited out too? Uh, and uh, if I had a no. family, maybe they would. Uh, maybe they could be ashamed of me. But um, so when I was in college, uh, this kid um, named Joe. Uh, was this the second or third time you went first. to community college? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, young. Yeah, young it was my. Uh, I had quite get my residency done and uh, community college studies, but uh, this <laughs> this kid. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of studying going on the first time around. That's why I joined the army. That's why a lot of people joined the army. I learned. Yeah. Um, so this kid Joe made the mistake be. of leaving his wallet around uh, a, a handful of twenty year old a holes. So we went through his wallet, and uh, you know. We found a condom that was expired, so we proceeded to retire the condom and hang it from our uh, ceiling. So uh, that condom was there, hanging from the ceiling by some um, by some uh, scotch tape. I had a roommate named Jamal who was uh, hooking up with a girl named uh, Big Red. Oh, oh, why Big Red? The, like the gum or like she redhead? was a redhead and Obese. she was uh, she was quite hefty. And uh, so Jamal Ooh. got that. They got that expired condom. Yeah, Jamal alert. got that expired condom. Uh, brought it out of retirement, used it, and proceeded to share with me uh, that he used it. Pretty. Pr- How expired are we talking? This was 2004. It expired in 2003, so it was only a year. A year expired. I'm not sure how long they last, but um, uh, but yeah. For for all the things you don't want to take a gamble with, I think that would be number one. Especially with a girl named Big Red. Oh, tell me how you met your mother. Oh, oh, you mean Big Red? <laughs> Big Red. That's quite the story. For uh, well, kids. thankfully, um, she wanted nothing to do with me or our other Jamal's other two roommates um, because we were of the uh, Caucasian persuasion. So um, she uh, she wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of us. And uh, too much cushion for your little pusher. That's pretty much it. I think that's what it was. She saw she saw the uh, Irish skin and was like, "Well, that guy's not going to do." So. Uh, so uh, she went with uh, she went with a uh, good old uh, good old Jamal, who spelled his name J apostrophe M A L, which I'm convinced is the fake way to spell it. I think he was uh, BS nuts there. So um, this guy would do this. Jamal would okay. do this thing. So hold on, let me ask you something. All right. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so on a scale from one to ten, how excited are you for the Cowboys to be in the playoffs? Shut up. Oh, I'm at a ten. That was his thing. That's what he'd do to us. He'd, he'd ask you something he thought you were excited about. This is in 2004, so the Giants had just drafted Eli Manning, and I was like really pumped about it. He was like, "Hey, Bill, man, how how excited are you? The Giants got Eli Manning," and I'm like, "Oh," and I went on my tangent about it, and he was like, "Shut up," and just walked away. Way to just kill. Pissed me off at first, but then now in uh, hindsight, it's actually hilarious, and I uh, sort of miss it. So. That guy could make some gravy too, man. That guy used to make gravy from scratch. 
absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah, this guy was uh, this guy was the best gravy maker of all time. So, anyway, this story is getting very boring. I have some more though. I could tell, but um, we'll definitely need to mark him. Nah, save it. We, we got need... one every week. <laughs> you got to mark him R-rated. Uh, this one involves uh, tequila yeah. and a bootleg girl named uh, a bootleg version of Malin Ackerman from uh, Watchmen. But uh, that's a story I might have to tell you offline because I'm not I'm not sharing that on the show. Because I do have a yeah. wife, and uh, you know, on the off chance my daughter listens to this, she will. Uh, she doesn't want to know. She just uh, there's certain things she doesn't need to know. I should say so. Anyway, Tony, you got a yeah. good thing uh, on the one on the show with no shame, and I'll just talk about whatever. So you know, and I'll put it out there if we can get uh, let's say 15 retweets. Uh, I'll talk about the time I pooped my. You know what? Not once, but you know times. what? We should do that. You know, the week where like there's no baseball and like there's no sports like that dead week in July. Maybe we just air out every oh, single yeah. embarrassing. We just go back and forth airing out every single embarrassing story we have about ourselves. Just not. Yeah, instead of airing of the grievances, it'll be like the airing of revelations. Yeah, love revelations, UTH. Which, by the way, our abbreviation sounds like some kind of disease that you'd get in your uh, in your nether regions there. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the doctors for uh, UTH. It sounds it doesn't sound good, man. We gotta we gotta we gotta I don't know. I don't wanna change the name, but we gotta think of something else. Anyway. Yeah, yeah what are you gonna do? Does that look like craps to you? Man. It's just UTH. Um all right, Tony, you got anything to add before we end this show and uh Bill goes night night? Uh well as always, guys, hit us up. Um we've had quite a bit of activity on Twitter, which I love. I love getting DMs from people. Most of them are positive. I even love the few negative ones. Positive, negative, hit us up. He's at Bill K. Eagle. I am at Tony Q's 44 at Under the Hoodies. We run the thing pretty religiously. You know, we will get back to you. We will respond. We love your feedback. Um, Hit us up. Be sure to go on iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict for Samsung users, uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, Barstool, uh, BackSportsPage.com. You know, search for us, Back Sports Page. Hit that subscribe button. Download under the hoodies. Uh, that's all I got because I'm losing steam. The old vocal cords. Yep, same here. So um, that's Tony Dedicola. I'm Bill Kegel. This is Under the Hoodies. And we are out.